Hello, mothlings, ghouls, and creatures of the night. You must have been attracted to our light. You're listening to the Midnight Moth Podcast. I'm your host, Wednesday, from the band Pumpkin Guts, and this is your co-ghost, the Mothman, Molly Von Mothra. Hi, guys. So, it is only a couple of weeks away from Valentine's Day, as we're recording this episode. Some of you guys love it, some of you guys hate it. I'm a big fan of Valentine's Day. I love Valentine's Day. As I've gotten older, I've gotten a really big appreciation for valentine's day now you know like when you're in high school and stuff if you're single and you don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever uh it's kind of (laughs) depressing but as i've gotten older uh, um i appreciate it a lot and i like our little uh, galentines that we do our friend valentine's day yeah like i don't I, i guess for me valentine's day has always just been about love and it it's not it wasn't a specific like thing that was a romantic thing like of course if i had a significant other and you know obviously now i do um but it was nice to celebrate with them but even when i would be single or whatever i always enjoyed giving valentine cards to like my mom and my grandparents and stuff like that and like I don't remember when I started wanting to celebrate it with my friends as well. I can't remember. I don't think we did that in high school, but after, I know, like, after high school, getting into adulthood, I started sh- just kind of generally being like, here's a day for me to tell everybody that I love that I love them. <laughs> Every single person. Right. So, you know, I, I feel like anybody can be your Valentine. It can be your your best friend, your your baby, your dog, your cat, you know, whatever. <laughs> Just somebody or something that you love. It's fine. Something I always loved doing is when we were in grade school, like going and buying those little boxes of cheesy Valentines and giving them out like to your classmates. Yes. Yeah. That was always one of my favorite things too. And we would have, we would have like our little Valentine's party or whatever. So we would have a box or a bag or something that we would get to decorate that was for other people to put your Valentine in. Yeah. I always always loved doing that. Now, I I know, too, you, you know, like, if you watch, like, older TV shows and movies and things like that, they'll show characters who, on Valentine's Day, they don't get anything, and while the other people in their class get, get a lot of cards, and nobody will give them one or whatever, but by the time we were in grade school, it was a rule that you had to give a Valentine to every person, so nobody felt left out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had to be sure that you bought enough to give to the entire class. Like, they would send home letters to your parents to be like, hey, there's X amount of kids in your kid's homeroom. Like, make sure you get enough for everybody. Right, yeah. So, I'm I'm really glad that there is that inclusion and that you don't have to pick and choose who you're going to get. Because that's so mean. Like, I would, that would be awful, I think. But I would be devastated if it got to be like Valentine's Day and you're like eight and you make your little box and you don't get anything in it. Oh, how sad. That would be so pitiful. I don't know. As a te- like as a, a person who works in that kind of, you know, in that field, I, I would feel so I would have to give that student something extra and just be like, here, you know, like I couldn't I couldn't let a kid go through that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a special gift just for you, not for anybody else who was mean. <laughs> right? <laughs> what is like, wh- we'll, we'll segue into our actual conversation for the day. 
through this, but like what what is your favorite, either your favorite thing to get on Valentine's Day or like your favorite way to celebrate Valentine's Day? Typically, depending on the uh, situation, I guess. Like if I'm with somebody, I usually always like to, you know, get them a little. I, I like handmade gifts. I like receiving things that are homemade. I like to give things that are homemade and I like going out to dinner and stuff. And my big thing is candy. Like, and that don't have to be homemade. I like really enjoy just like straight up cheesy Valentine's Day stuff. Like yeah. I like to get like a box of chocolates and like a teddy bear and I'm set. Oh, yeah. I like a lot of the generic stuff that's come to be associated with Valentine's Day. Like just your typical, a little, you know, stuffed animal in a box of chocolates or whatever. I'm I'm totally down for that. I'm also, anytime anybody wants to give me candy, I'm I'm all for that. I love candy so much. <laughs> yeah, and you know, the best day is February 15th because that's, you know, candy day. <laughs> yes, all the candy's half off. You can go get all of the leftover Reese cups and so I say that because that's like my favorite. <laughs> the little Reese hearts. Oh, I love those so much. The holiday Reese's just hit harder than any other Reese's and nobody could tell me different. They really do because they're like basically a a shaped piece of peanut butter with a coating of chocolate over it it's not like that thick you know like your actual Reese cup has that thick ring of chocolate around and then the peanut butter is in the middle <laughs> no it's fantastic now I'm a yeah. big fan of the pumpkins specifically but they're all good really I guess they're all the same but the pumpkins taste better to me <laughs> I think the pumpkins are the OG, and that's probably why, because that's just the, that's the thing. And also, it's Halloween. All candy is just a little bit better during Halloween. That's fair. But I like (laughs) those, like, big assorted hearts, too, that have all the weird flavors in them. Right. Coconut or orange or strawberry or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of like playing roulette a little bit. You don't You don't if know you're what you're eating. You don't want to know what you're eating. You just throw away the little paper inside that tells you what's what. Yeah, and you just hope for the best. It'll be one of those people that take a bite and then you're like, oh no, that's gross. Put it back. Right, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, we're talking about all this nice, like, lighthearted stuff. And, you know, like, I agree with what you were saying about the home homemade stuff, the handmade stuff being the best. Because I also feel that because that feels like a little bit of extra love goes into that. Somebody took not just the time to think of something I like, but also the time to just, you know, to use their their own hands and craft me something. I, I really like that as well. And a nice, like, homemade dinner or whatever. But once upon a time, Valentine's Day was something completely different than what it is now. And just like with a lot of other holidays, it has evolved and evolved and evolved until we've gotten this very contemporary, watered-down, cutesy kind of thing. Because I feel like that is, with all of our holidays, that's kind of what's happened with them even halloween to a degree is more watered down and cutesy than it ever has been you know oh yeah for sure now y'all know we wasn't gonna come on here and just talk about love (laughs) there's some dark history to unravel here right now now could i as as a, a 
pumpkin person just talk about love and romance and stuff like that yes absolutely um i'm a connoisseur of romance novels so (laughs) i definitely could just spend forever talking about that stuff but that's not what this show is about and we were able to find some very dark and scary things that have happened throughout history that are related to Valentine's Day. And one of the first things that I want to talk about is the actual origins of Valentine's Day. So the holiday itself, the origins are a little bit murky. There's nothing like you know exact which I feel like that's a lot of things you know there's no there's no exact easy way to track down where it started at for sure and all of that kind of thing but if you do just like a quick search on the internet of the origins of Valentine's Day there's articles from the History Channel from NPR um, countless other places like just listicles BuzzFeed whatever talking about this festival that used to happen in the 6th century that was a pagan festival called Lupercalia. There is a possibility I'm saying that wrong. <laughs> it makes me think of the the word, I guess, like kind of makes me think more of leprechauns, I guess, because of it starting with an L or whatever and just the, I don't know, whatever. But anyway, so Lupercalia, according to Roman folklore... There was a king named Amelius who wanted his nephews, Romulus and Remus, to be executed to punish their mother for breaking her vow of celibacy. So the babies were to be thrown into the river of Tabar to drown, but instead a a servant put them in a basket and sent them down the river. So the river god carried the basket down the river kept it safe until it got lodged in the uh, roots of a fig tree and then at this point a she-wolf rescued the brothers and she raised them until a shepherd ended up finding them and and took them in and kept them you know for the rest of their childhood essentially so once they were grown they went and they killed king amulus for trying to kill them And then they went to where the cave of the she-wolf that saved them was at, and they named it Lupercal. So, supposedly, the festival and they, Lupercalia, was made to honor this she-wolf and also to honor the fertility god Lupercus. So, you know, this story itself has some dark elements to it, but ultimately, it's not bad. Like, it has a decent ending to it. However, the festival that was started for honoring all of this stuff, that was a completely different kind of thing. And essentially, what would happen is because this was a fertility festival, the pagan festivals, especially the ones going into, like, the springtime, are about fertility and stuff like that. They would sacrifice a goat and a dog, and then they would take the hides from those animals. <laughs> pagan priests would do this, okay? So it's men doing this. They would take the hide from of these course. animals. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, and then they would whip women. Any woman that they came in contact with, they would whip them with the hide of these of, of this dog and goat. And Why? suppose 
this would supposedly bless these women with fertility. <laughs> I'm gonna beat you with this dog hide so you can have a baby. <laughs> right, like, I don't know. But but I just, okay. <laughs> but that was the logic behind it, was they, they would smack them with the, the hides that were sacrificed to the fertility god, and then that would allow them to be fertile enough to have children. And then also during this festival as well, these people would draw names out of a jar and see who they would get paired up with, and they would stay paired up with this person throughout the rest of the festival and try to become pregnant by that person. Wow. Okay. Uh, that sounds miserable. Right? Like, when you think of, like, heather- heathen kind of pagan practices, I think this is one of those things that <laughs> that they're talking about when they say things like that. Because this is, like, a very far cry from, uh, you know, just gathering up some herbs and having a dinner together to bring in the, the summer solstice. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty uh, wild, and I couldn't even imagine going through something like that. And also those poor animals every year, you know, like a, a one unlucky goat and dog would be killed just so these weird men could smack women with them. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, such a, that's such a weird thing for them to choose to do. Like, I just don't, I don't have any words for it. <laughs> Right, like, an animal sacrifice is not that unheard of. Like, that's just the thing that a lot of different religions have done throughout time. But to then, I don't know, like, skin the animal and then slap people with its skin, I, I, just, I don't know. Can you imagine if that was a tradition that got kept for Valentine's Day and, like, your significant other would just, like, walk up to you and be like, hey, happy Valentine's Day, and then just, like, beat the crap out of you with a pelt? <laughs> Well, you know, by this point, it would be a artificial pill, you know, that like, you know how like you just go to Walmart and you can buy a dog. <laughs> right, that's what I'm thinking, like how you go into like the holiday section, like the Valentine section, and they have all the, the little, the, the shelf with the stuffed animals and the shelf with the boxes of candy. And then you would have a, a, a rack that would be like your traditional woman <laughs> beating tra- pelt. <laughs> Your traditional whip- fertility whipping pelt. <laughs> That's exactly what the tag would say too. Traditional fertility whipping pelt. Twenty four ninety nine. Oh my god! No, I'm there. You know, like sometimes it's it's good that a practice gets forgotten. <laughs> it does make you wonder, like, how we got here, though, from that. <laughs> I guess just over time, advancements in culture and technology. (laughs) At some point, these men were like, maybe instead of beating these women, we should give them gifts to make them want to reproduce with us. (laughs) That might work better. What do you guys think? (laughs) I mean, you know, to me, that makes a lot more sense. I don't know. Like, I just, I couldn't imagine some man coming up to me and smacking me with an animal hide and me being like delighted by it. Like, oh yay! Now I'm gonna have a baby! I've been chosen! <laughs> but, you know, talking about the holiday evolving, there there is another name for Valentine's Day is St. Valentine's Day. And that is because there was two saint, different saints named Valentine. 
uh, potentially three. It's kind of, again, murky history. But they were executed on February. At least two of them were executed on February 14th in different years. Sometime before the Middle Ages. And the the thing that that the saint was executed for was when Emperor Claudius II was ruler of Rome. He had decided that he wanted a big army to fight for him and that single men were more likely to be good fighters and stuff like that because they weren't distracted by anything. So he outlawed marriage altogether, said that people could not get married. That way he could essentially build like a really strong army. So... St. Valentine decided to defy Claudius because he just didn't believe this was right to do. And he continued to marry people in secret behind Claudius's back. And of course, whenever Claudius found out about this, he had St. Valentine beheaded. One of the other St. Valentines, he was actually killed for helping Christians escape from Roman prisons where they were being beaten and tortured. And then once he was imprisoned, he actually fell in love with the daughter of the jail keeper person. And he would write her letters like, and she would write him letters as well. And one of these letters where he had expressed his feelings for her, he signed it as from your Valentine. Oh yeah. So that's actually where we, we get that expression from as well so that's a little more it's both tragic and more romantic you know I really like the idea of a rogue person performing marriages like in secret you know because that just feels very I don't know like just very like fighting for love you know (laughs) (laughs) like a movie yeah I love that I, I hate that he got beheaded for it, but, you know. Well, I mean, in the movie, he wouldn't. He'd, <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like a superhero, but. <laughs> right. But both of these people, I guess, have, or maybe potentially, like I said, there were three of them, have all been kind of rolled into one saint, and the Catholic Church recognizes them as saints, and then they decided to replace the Lupercalia Festival with, St. Valentine's Day and then over time because of these stories that are associated with them like the letter writing and stuff like that that's kind of where some of these different practices and obviously the Catholic Church is not going to continue to allow animal sacrifice and women being beaten with hides in order to make them fertile and stuff you know so (laughs) that's some of the craziest stuff I've ever heard in my life like I've never heard of that being like a thing Like, it's like, where do you, who came up with that idea, you know? Right, and like, why? I don't know, I guess it was just some weird man who wanted to hit a woman with an animal hide, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he thought it was hot. (laughs) I mean, people have all kinds of different kinks, but we're not going to talk about that on this show. (laughs) No, that's also for a different thing. Maybe someday we'll branch off and do, like, a side project that's, like, a a, a romance-themed, like, show. <laughs> so, um, what dark history stuff did you find about Valentine's Day? 
All right, so what I'm going to cover is something that probably pretty much everybody here has heard of, but I'm hoping that some of you were like me and had no idea what it was, because I've never, ever looked into this um, until now, but it was the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. So this happened on February the 14th of 1929. What happened is seven gang members got murdered in Chicago. So I know that everybody has definitely heard of Al Capone. Absolutely, yeah. He's, like, the most famous mob boss, right? Right, and he wants Alcatraz. (laughs) Yes. These two gangs in Chicago uh, throughout the 20s were rivaling each other because this was during the Prohibition years. And both of these gangs were bootlegging alcohol, and they were also doing prostitution and gambling and things like that. But they rivaled each other because, you know, each one wanted to have, like, the whole city to themselves right so the north side gang was ran by you guys may have heard of this man too because i'd heard his name george bugs moran i think i've heard that name before definitely not as known as al capone though and al capone or scarface ran the other gang uh they'd been fighting with each other for years and years i didn't really get a whole lot of like back history for that but i do know that they they'd been in a hard rivalry for at least 5 years because george had had one of al capone's associates killed 5 years earlier so they'd been like going at each other real hard and al capone finally decided you know i want george moran dead He's like, I'm done. I want him dead. So he came up with this plan to, he got someone that he knew to get in contact with uh, Moran and tell him that he had this huge shipment of this really special whiskey to send him. So he got all of his, like, this was a way to make sure that him and all of his associates were in their uh, distribution center all at the same time. So at 10.30 a.m. on Valentine's Day, seven people were in this garage. Uh, It was their headquarters on North Clark Street in Chicago. I got a little different info from different sites, but from what I gather, only six of them were actually associates of George Moran, and the other guy was just a guy who liked to hang out there. Oh, no. And he was an optometrist, it said. So unfortunate for that man that he was here. But this is crazy. So what happens is two men, and this is also a little foggy. Some people say that all four men were dressed like police officers. Um, The second story I read seemed more accurate. Uh, It said, but regardless, there was the people there dressed like police. There was two of them dressed like police officers, two dressed like normal citizens. They come in and they act like they're police officers doing a raid, you know, for drugs and alcohol and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, At this time, George Moran is not there. He is down the street and he just so happens to see this police car. They had a police car and everything, by the way, wild. Wow. You know, spoiler, these weren't actually the police, (laughs) (laughs) but they had a cop car and everything. But anyway, George Moran is down the street. He sees this happening and he's like, oh, no, I'm getting up out of here. So he turns around and he goes and hides out at a coffee shop down the street because he's like, you know, my place is getting raided. I'm not going to get taken in by the cops. Yeah. So this whole thing was actually to kill him, but he made it out scot-free. He's fine. What happened is these dudes 
lined up all seven of these men up against the brick wall inside of the garage and then just opened fire on them just went ham with machine guns they unloaded 70 rounds of ammunition on these guys oh my god and the craziest part is is because of this whole police getup, which i guess you know is just a brilliant scheme altogether everybody in the neighborhood obviously heard this happening yeah but you got to think too in the 20s there was tons of gang activity in chicago you know so it wasn't really out of the ordinary but because of the police car parked outside nobody called the cops oh my god because they thought it was the cops right so oh my god though if the cops were like gunning people down with machine guns how terrifying well i mean it was the 20s so who knows i mean there was like crazy mob activity i don't know how how hard it was but right (laughs) so they kill all these guys except for one uh there's only one guy who survived we'll get to him in a minute these cops cuff up the other two guys that they're with Right. And they walk them outside, turn on the police sirens and everything to make it seem like they're making arrests. Yeah. And so nobody thought anything of it. And all these bodies were in this garage for three hours before they were discovered. And the only reason that they got discovered is because one of the guys had brought his dog with him that day. And he had it tied up outside, out back of the garage, and it kept barking and going crazy. So a neighbor was wondering, like, hey, why is nobody tending to this dog? So she gets another neighbor, because she was scared to walk in by herself, you know. She got another guy to come with her, and they walk into this garage, and they see everything that's happened. So they call the police, and when the real police get there, um, they find that one of George Moran's goonies or whatever, named Frank Gusenberg, was still barely alive at this point and they start questioning him they're like hey hurry tell us who did this who shot you and he literally says no one nobody shot me and then he died oh my god so he was like i don't know just loyal to the end yeah wow that's so sad i feel bad for the dog yeah it made me real sad about the dog because his his owner got murdered yeah so Here's the thing. So George Moran was the target here. He didn't even get killed. It was like, it's a very known that this was Al Capone and Al Capone's like guys. Yeah. But he never got caught up in it because he actually was in Florida at his home when this happened. So nobody was ever tried for this. Wow. No one ever got in any trouble over this. So it's still, like, one of America's, like, top unsolved crimes. Wow, that's nuts. So getting um, on topic here for us, there is some paranormal stuff related to this. So in 1967, this garage got demolished, and the bricks become especially ones that you could find that have, like, bullet holes and blood splatter and things like that on them. But everybody who ended up with one of these bricks started reporting that these horrible things were happening to them. And so it became pretty well known that they were cursed. So people who own these started like getting these horrific diseases. They started getting in these terrible accidents, just all this horrible stuff started happening to them. And a lot of these people ended up just giving them away, like because they just didn't want them. 
Right. So later, uh, they had an auction. They auctioned off all the bricks, and a man named George Patey, who was a Canadian businessman, bought all of them. And first, he tried to take them on tour and, like, you know, just to show them off and stuff, you know, kind of like a act, I guess. Yeah. Um, then he tried to make a crime museum, but he was unsuccessful doing that. So he actually owned a uh, nightclub in Vancouver, British Columbia, and the nightclub was called Banjo Palace. <laughs> okay. So he takes all of these bricks to his nightclub rot, and he ends up making them a urinal splatter wall. Oh my god. Okay. So he puts them all up behind the urinals with a big plastic casing over top of them and puts targets on them for people to, like, shoot their pee, I guess. Wow. So it's like, oh, these bricks are super haunted. What should we do? Pee all over them? Okay. How tacky. Later, after that nightclub shut down, they ended up being auctioned off again, and now they belong to the Las Vegas Mob Museum. And there's 300 of them. They're still on display. So they ended up in a better spot. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. (laughs) But there's a lot of, like, ghost activity, like, surrounding that area and just the bricks and stuff in general. Um, People who go to the museum report hearing gunshots and men groaning and sounds of people falling on the floor. Uh, People also report the same kind of sounds uh, on that street where the massacre occurred. They also say that, like, when people are walking their dogs down the street, that their dogs will start freaking out right in front of the spot where the building was. And there's also an old four-story graystone that was present during the time of the massacre, and it's still there now, and somebody lives in it. And the person who owns that house said that they um, experience a lot of poltergeist activity, said that um, things will randomly, like, be thrown across their house and fall off their shelves and things like that. Interesting. The city has, like, refused to allow anything to be built anymore on that ground. Um, Right now, it's the yard for the Margaret Day Blake apartments, apparently, but they said that there will never be anything built on it ever again. Oh, wow. And also, apparently, even Al Capone reported being haunted by a ghost after all this happened. Yeah, he should have been. Yeah, well, <laughs> he was innocent. <laughs> he didn't do anything. He was in uh, Florida. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he said that uh, he was haunted by George Moran's brother-in-law's ghost, James Clark, who was one of the men who were killed that day. And he was so terrified of the ghost that he actually hired a medium in 1931 to get rid of it for him, but mm-hmm. it didn't work, and he reported uh even after he got out of prison because he apparently like when he did finally get arrested it wasn't for any of this it was just for like minor things yeah which i think is the if i remember correctly is the same thing that happened to george moran which he ended up dying in prison but he got cancer but i think that uh that the same thing happened with him they never caught him for the big terrible stuff he did they just caught him for like little minor robberies and things like that Yeah, or, like, possession of alcohol during the prohibition or whatever, yeah. (laughs) But anyway, um, even after Al Capone got out of prison, he still reported, like, told people that he saw that 
this man's ghost and that it haunted him until the day that he died. Well, I mean, he deserved to be haunted by that man. Yeah, that's uh, fair. <laughs> I also, so like a couple of things, I guess. One thing, I wonder if the dogs that bark when they pass by that area, if it's because of maybe like where there was a dog that was involved, like maybe they can feel like the echoes of that like you know like maybe the dog that dog's spirit is still hanging around there because where he lost his owner there that could be a possibility that'd be really sad if it like if after that dog died it just hung around there because it missed its owner i mean i'm sure you know it probably it probably did miss its owner especially if it was some somebody who clearly took the dog places with them you know like if it was used to traveling with this person it was probably pretty attached to them but also like you know animals in general always can sense stuff like that a lot more than like humans can so it's probably honestly that whole area is probably just really haunted because there was such horrific things that happened there right and I, i also wonder i mean you know there's a couple of things that could affect why those ghosts why there would be ghosts there and stuff because one thing is that there was one innocent clearly innocent person who died in that so there's that to think about but then also there is the fact that these mob people were gang people whatever they they were bad people they were doing terrible horrific things so you know the fact that they're that they died there and maybe their spirits were were tormented anyway and then they couldn't they can't rest because of because they were just not good people but it could also be that the the people who did it to them never got caught so there's no closure yeah because nobody ever got reprimanded for this like that's the craziest part to me it's like it's pretty no like everybody assumes that it was Al Capone and his guys that did it but nobody knows for sure because everybody who was there died. Right, and the only yeah. person who didn't wouldn't rat anybody. Right. And then he died anyway. Which is crazy. Because, I mean, if you're, like, on the brink of death, why not just rat everybody out? Right. <laughs> like, what difference does it make? Which, I guess, maybe he had a family. Maybe he's afraid his family would get caught if he said anything. Yeah. Because, I mean, the mob is pretty serious, obviously. Well, yeah. Yeah. Especially back during that time. There was some crazy, crazy stuff that went on. And I know maybe it's something we could talk about later on at some point, um, you know, in a in one of our ghost episodes. But I do know that Al Capone's ghost is supposed to be like people have have spotted it at Alcatraz. And I think there's some other places, but I know specifically that it haunts Alcatraz because he did time there. That's crazy. I didn't know that either. Yeah, um, and then he ultimately died, you know, he he died, so he was in Alcatraz, and then I believe when he started becoming very, very sick from where he had syphilis, I think that they had let him out, I think that's what happened with him, that way he could, you know, go home and die peacefully or whatever, and not die in jail. Um, There's a cure for syphilis now, isn't there? Yes, yeah. I was gonna say, I was like, (laughs) I didn't realize it was that serious. Yeah, I mean, untreated syphilis will kill you. It it yeah. makes it like deteriorates your brain. Oh, ew. Yeah, but yeah, at the time, obviously, there was no there was no treatment for it, and he uh, died for that's what killed him ultimately. But but yeah, anyway, his his spirit is a restless spirit, but 
no wonder I don't know just imagine being caught up in all of that stuff and just living that way I'm sure you would have a lot of um unfinished business and also a lot of just guilt and things like that so yeah Al Capone actually um he made a ton of money while he was doing that like they estimated and this is like crazy it doesn't sound like a lot of money now but in the 20s this is crazy yeah Um, said that they estimated that he made around like 60 million dollars a year and that he himself was worth like his net worth was like a hundred million dollars or something wow yeah I mean I'm not surprised he was he was a big a big boss at the time so that makes sense think about that like that scale of money in the 20s like that is wild right like that's like hollywood movie star money yeah (laughs) so yeah i mean valentine's day has come quite a long way and though i'm sure there are still lots of bad things that happen you know on valentine's day and there's probably stuff other things that have happened throughout time that we didn't discuss here on this episode but overall it's you know it is a a not not a dark holiday in any way at all you know now unless you're somebody who has like a phobia of uh cupid or something (laughs) (laughs) which is kind of creepy i mean to be fair yeah that's what i was gonna say cherubs are a little bit bit scary so one other thing i just wanted to mention real quick because i this isn't like our our movie episode or anything so i didn't really want to get like super into stuff to do with that but i just finished reading the sequel to the nightmare before christmas that's the the pumpkin queen and in that book jack and sally go on their honeymoon together to valentine's town oh my gosh how sweet (laughs) yeah it's really cute it's it's the queen of valentine's town is a woman named ruby valentino and she's in love with um shakespeare she (laughs) She doesn't know he's dead, though. Like, she just has, like, all of his work and stuff. And she's, like, but she's, like, obsessed with him. And there's little flocks of cupids that fly around everywhere in the town. And, like, like there's all these shops filled with um, pastries and little homemade chocolates and stuff like that. <laughs> I would love if they'd make a movie of that. Uh, me too. Like, when I was reading it, I, I could see it so easily in my head. Like, the, the claymation of that. I think that would be so cool. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, though. They can only do it if they make it claymation, too. Like, they can't do any CGI garbage. Exactly. (laughs) Do you have any other thoughts on, like, on Valentine's Day or its dark history that you'd want to say before we start to wrap this up? Oh, no. Nothing that I could think of. I just thought that all that was really interesting. It was just like, I've never heard of any of that stuff. I've never thought to look into dark history Valentine's Day because it's such a lovey holiday. Yeah, and honestly, I fit, I thought that it was such a modern holiday. I really have often bought into that thing that that people say all the time, you know, where they're like, Valentine's Day was created by the greeting card companies. It's really easy to believe that because it's, it seems that way. Yeah, it's definitely been capitalized by the greeting card companies, but... Yeah, so I, I never, I don't know, I, as much as I love the holiday and I love love, I just had not ever thought to look into it. And um, that's one of the things that I really enjoy about doing this podcast, though, is finding just 
you know, learning really cool little things like that. Um, even when they are kind of dark and weird, I still like to learn about them. <laughs> yeah. So next week we will be doing our ghost episode. And I think that episode should be coming out like right around. I think that'll be our last one before Valentine's Day. So um, we're, we're not really, do- again, we're not really doing like our strict themes or anything anymore, but because we both do love love so much we are kind of doing a a little bit of a dark love theme for this this month (laughs) um I couldn't resist we didn't really cover a lot of stuff to do with Valentine's Day last year so I really wanted to kind of lean into it this year no we were so new last year all we did was uh which apparently is a favorite of you guys is that bloody Valentine movie review (laughs) yeah I don't know why you all like that that thing is so chaotic yeah, I can't stand it. I I listened back to it like once and I was like, oh my God, why? Why did we do this? <laughs> you're, you're, you're all very lucky that I can handle some cringiness in my life or I would delete that. <laughs> that would become unavailable. <laughs> it's a fan favorite. We have to it leave is- it up. I know. Um, And, you know, if you all want to, you can always go back and listen to that to celebrate Valentine's Day. But just if you haven't heard it before, be warned. It's not anything like how our episodes are now. So (laughs) (laughs) it's very messy. (laughs) That's a word for it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, So we are going to be doing some dark uh, ghost I almost said dark love stories, and that's not what I meant to say. We're going to be doing some ghostly love stories next week. So I think you all will enjoy that. And that that episode is going to be a little bit uh, sad, of course, because like we always say, you can't have a ghost unless somebody dies. So yeah. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, we look forward to doing that. And then uh, our cryptid episode this month i think we're we're gonna try to go a little bit uh, with the i know we're gonna try to talk about the squonk i think we'll add some other things in there though because i doubt there's enough information about that to do one full episode on it and maybe we'll bring up some we'll bring back some stuff about mothman because uh there's a vested love thing with mothman <laughs> everybody's um, in love with the mothman how could you not be <laughs> fair <laughs> and then um so for our movie episode this month we are doing something a little bit different um whereas you know normally we stick with the realm of horror and things like that we are staying in the realm of darkness and uh paranormal kind of stuff but we are going to be doing corpse bride yeah because you can't go wrong with a good tim burton movie ever exactly i love we both love tim burton um and i love corpse bride it's got some uh, amazing songs in it it has an amazing story and uh i mean you know emily is a legend so <laughs> um and if you all haven't seen that movie i would hope you have because it's pretty old but if you haven't seen it it is on hbo max it maybe is in other locations but i know for sure that it's there and um I bet it's on Disney Plus. I don't know if Disney owns it or not, but Uh, because I know it's Tim Burton, but I 
I'm not sure if it's something that he made with Disney or not. So I don't know. But I know for sure it's on HBO Max because I watched it on there not too long ago. But yeah, anyway, that's kind of our layout for the month. And um, if you all have any kind of ghostly love stories that you would want to share with us, um, anything related to Valentine's Day that you would want to share with us, even if it's just a story about your favorite Valentine's Day. If you've ever had anything paranormal happen to you on Valentine's Day, we definitely would love to hear about that. You know, anything like that, the way that you like to celebrate or you don't like to celebrate, give us your pros and cons for the holiday, you know, whatever. Um, You can send us any of that stuff uh, to our email at the midnight moth podcast at gmail.com and you can also find us on instagram and facebook at the midnight moth podcast and you can find our co-ghost molly on her instagram account yeah you guys can find me at tmm underscore co-ghost and as always i love to hear from you guys i love getting your messages i am trying to make it a point to be more active on there but know that even if i'm not posting i am still around and i will still like reply to your messages when i get them Yeah, we, you know, we both are not as present on social media right now as we used to be, I feel like, but I'm trying to get back into finding like paranormal holidays to share with you all and stuff like that so that our, uh, so so that our social media can be a little bit more uh, active than what it has been, but even if it's been a few days since I've posted or since Molly's posted, you can always feel free to message us on there or tag us on in things and we'll still see that stuff just because we're not always uploading content doesn't mean we're not around. If you could, wherever you're listening to this at, give us a rating or a review. That really, really helps us a lot. I have noticed um, we've had a little bit of an uptick in listeners recently. I'm not really sure if those are, because I don't know any, I don't have any way of knowing that. I don't know if those are new listeners or if they are people who maybe took a break from us and have now came back. But either way, we are so grateful and thankful to have you listening to us. And if you have become a fan by somebody sharing our show with you, then that's awesome. Just keep spreading the word about our stuff and share this podcast with anybody in your life that you think would be into it. Um, We definitely want to keep growing this show and grow our community. So, um, yeah, we, we definitely appreciate all of our listeners and giving us ratings and reviews also does help people to organically find our podcast. So if you could do that as well, that would be great. (laughs) But we will be right back here next week with a brand new episode. So until then, we'll keep the lantern burning for you.